Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Borton. The, the video edition of the podcast is always great because we get to see Tom Crawford in action and all the excitement and passion he brings. Tom, uh, our man in East Lansing, great to have you back on the podcast. Well, it's great to have a relevant podcast on the day after Selection Sunday, and we're not bemoaning the fact that Michigan has to go to the NIT, which I think a lot of us feared. You know, maybe not. You know, maybe it's that, you know, just that worst-case scenario syndrome you had that I have sometimes. But, man, when that name popped up, Michigan, and, you know, here we only had to go through the second region south, popped up in Indianapolis. Oh, my God, this is like hitting a lotto. I am ecstatic, and I do like the matchup with Colorado State. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, but not only not in the NIT, not only not in the uh, the play-in game, but you're a solid number 11 seed. You're sticking close to home in Indianapolis again, a, a venue where they are very familiar, and uh, really you couldn't have asked for a whole lot more from Michigan after it dropped that game against Indiana with the with the huge lead in the Big Ten tournament. 
You know, John, I, I, I didn't go down the Big Ten tournament. I, I had some back issues that uh, slowly but surely is getting better. And uh, uh, with, with some uh, painkiller, I'll be able to get through this NC2A. Nothing's going to stop me from going down the NC2A. But um, I, I, I got to tell you something. It went, went beyond a bat, uh, a backache. It was a heartache, that, that loss to, on Thursday uh, at noon to Indiana. Just how, you know, that 60-43 to 43 lead, how they surrendered that lead, all the – the, all the optics that we saw, um, every little ass, every little moving uh, part to that, you know, just, you know, destruction, self-destruction uh, was a microcosm of the season. I, I truly thought not playing 40 minutes, not finishing or not starting out and having to rally and then fall short, which has also been the case. This was like Central Florida times 10. It reminded me so much of that Central Florida game on December 30th. But they had a 12-point lead with about the same amount of time to go, and all of a sudden they started unraveling. And that's the thing that uh, throws such a question mark into this whole thing. Not only within games, they've had trouble finishing games. They've had they've let too many people back in. Like uh, nothing like uh, quite like Indiana. That was crazy. But uh, on several occasions they have had a lead and haven't been able to hold it. Uh, they're doing this win-loss, win-loss thing since early February. Uh, by by those measures, they should take down Colorado State and lose to Tennessee in the second game. They're due for a win here, but can they string two? I, I think they can. I mean, Tennessee, and let's not get ahead of, ahead of ourselves. I mean, because I was watching the game with a buddy at 60 to 43 and he's looking at me talking about illinois i look at him like he's from mars i mean have you look you've been down to chrysler with all these games with me have you seen this team you know you can't count a game as a w yet even with 12 30 to go and you know unraveling it they went but yeah i mean i i'm not i think colorado state is going to be a good matchup i like you know it's not an overly big team not overly athletic highly fundamental um david already they got a really good player um a real you know power a uh, powerful built uh, three um, that is going to be uh, a load to deal with. But I just think it's Hunter's time and, and Diavate's time to take that those two bigs, that whole two big advantage, leverage it, and, and, and put this team away. Now, this is a team that lost to San Diego State, which Michigan beat. They lost to UNLV, which Michigan beat. They're in the Mountain West, and I'm knock on wood here, but if you look historically at the Mountain West – not football, but in basketball, typically they don't do good. They don't do very well. Maybe San Diego State has a few times, but um, I just say I like the matchup. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I like Michigan's chances. Yeah, you touched on one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and that was uh, the the matchup with Hunter Dickinson and how what what Colorado State might throw at him. It I, I think that's essential for every Michigan game because when when teams give Hunter Dickinson trouble. They give Michigan trouble in general. So your thoughts on on uh, what he might be able to do in this game? Well, I can, I can see him I, I perform like he did against Michigan State, where when Michigan State played Michigan in Ann Arbor, this is before these last couple of games, Marcus Bingham just didn't, didn't have that role, didn't, didn't blossom like he has the last couple of games, okay? So he was dominating – uh, Michigan State threw three guys at him, didn't do any good. I, I have a feeling that it's going to be the same kind of advantage. That is if Hunter delivers and does not get frustrated. I've seen – we saw this in North Carolina when, when they played Carolina. Uh, when, when we've seen it a couple, at, at Rutgers and a few other – at Penn State. 
Um, maybe it wasn't at Penn State, but one of the games that they just held on, sometimes he just – that energy just doesn't come out of him for the full 35, 40 minutes that he plays. And I, If Hunter Dickinson can give 40 minutes of hell or 35 minutes of hell in one game uh, where he does not look disconnected at times like he did with, you know, with Illinois and like he did with Iowa. Um, and then he was so engaged with Michigan State. You know, I mean, he's got to deliver. And then uh, Michigan's got to get uh, better perimeter shooting. I mean, shooting can bring you down. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to have to start hitting on a more consistent basis. They're going to have to hit eight to ten threes to survive and move forward. Not four of 18, four of 21. They're going to have to hit eight threes in these games, especially against Tennessee, which is extremely athletic. And that that could be problematic. But, you know, Michigan's a weird team. Look what they did to Purdue and Ann Arbor. They beat it by 24 points. I mean, they have the potential. That's why it might be chic uh, for some people to pick Michigan uh, to get out of the first weekend. Just, you know, just, uh, you know, to, to, you know, throw caution in the wind and see if they can hit a home run on a, on a you know, outlandish pick. Well, and I, I'll tell you, you mentioned they need more. Uh, out of their perimeter shooting, they need uh, more than they got it against Indiana out of their perimeter everything. And I'm thinking particularly of of handling the ball down the stretch. I, I honestly thought that Devontae Jones had to be hurt the way he was uh, falling down, losing the ball. I, uh, just he he at one point dribbled out the shot clock until I mean, and this was right down to the the final minute. Uh, dribbles out the shot clock and then delivers with like two seconds to go, delivers the ball to Dickinson at the top of the circle. Oh, desperation three. I, I, I just, something was off there and he, he took ownership of that. But even Eli Brooks was doing things that, that were not Eli Brooks like, I think those guys have to have a really big bounce back in this game. I had a high school coach. He used to always say, you know, your team's only as good as your guards. Um, and that's probably why he moved me to forward. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, uh, in all seriousness, yeah, I mean, I was really surprised that Devonte, you know, Jones had played so well uh, those first 28 minutes. He was terrific. And he was terrific against Ohio State. I thought he was unbelievable. That was one of the better guard performances in recent time for Michigan. But then all of a sudden he couldn't dribble. The, he looked like a JV player. Uh, in that last uh, in high school, and then you had um, Eli. You know, here's a classic example. And Richard Relford, who does a podcast with me, the former Wolverine, pointed this out. Remember when D- D- uh, Musa Diabate had that hot potato look, and he threw it to Eli, that the killer turnover that ended Michigan's chances. You know, he 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 had to, he felt he had to get rid of it. You know, Eli, the guard needs to run to him and just hand me the ball. Hand me the ball. You're under duress. You got that scared look in your face. Hand me the ball, and I will take control. And that's how you prevent those things from happening. So I think Michigan's got to get way better leadership in the backcourt, poised leadership, uh, and then they're going to have to, you know, the Caleb Houston 0 for 8, 0 for 10, 3 for 10. uh, It's got to be amped up a little bit, uh, especially if they're going to get out of the first weekend. I'm talking about Tennessee. Yeah, I was just going to ask you which which Caleb Houston and which Musa Diabate do we get in this one? <laughs> exactly. I mean, which anything? 
I mean, my, how about T. Will? Terrence Williams looks like he's he's first team All American some games, and then all of a sudden he disappears. This I you know I, I've said this to a few people. I've been following Michigan basketball for since Kazi Russell's sophomore year. So we're talking like 58 years or something like that. Okay. I mean, I mean, I've been attending games. Okay. At the old Yost starting there before hockey. And I don't recall. I mean, there's been worse teams. There's been some bad teams. I mean, the, you know, the Brian Ellerby, Tommy Amaker transition time. We know how bad those teams were. Okay. Apologies to my friend, Chris Young on that comment, but he'd be the first to admit. However, I don't recall a team that was actually more frustrating uh, to endure the whole season because it, you you get teased and then you and then and then they crush you. You know that you know it's like it's like back and forth, um, uh, consistently inconsistent. Use any kind of metaphor you want. This is the weirdest freaking Michigan team. I'll just say that that I have ever seen in my 58 years as a Michigan fan. I'll make that statement. <laughs> okay. That being said, do they break this uh, win-loss string, something that uh, even the team itself has been talking about behind closed doors, and actually string two wins together here at the start of the NCAA tournament? Do they get to the Sweet 16? Well, you know, I always, I always do. Um, I have little historical moments that I flash back to. Yep, that's going to repeat again. So this is 2017. Uh, you and I were down there in Ballas, and all the people were down there for that Okie State game. Brad Underwood was the coach. Michigan won that Friday game, and and that was a that was a good win. Um, some people thought they were going to lose, and they came back and they beat Louisville on Sunday with Rick Pitino still coach, uh, and DJ Wilson was terrific in that game. I have a gut feeling they're going to get out of the first weekend. How's that? It, it, you know, maybe I'm betting with my heart and thinking with my heart and doing all that stuff, that crazy stuff I do, bleeding maize and blue. But something tells me this this season's been so weird, and they were a bubble team. They might get out of the first weekend. I mean, weirder things have happened. All right. Now let's broaden the picture a little bit. You saw the brackets uh, come about. What uh, out of the Big Ten teams, who who drew the best? Who do you think has the chance to go the farthest out of uh, out of all the people that Michigan's been butting heads with all season long? Well, um, you know, I, I you know, it, you know, most people say, why don't, why don't you go with Purdue? You know, you know, this is finally going to happen. I mean, I go back to Lee Rose, 1980 was the coach. Arnett Holman was on that team. They got to the Final Four. Hadn't, Gene Kennedy never took the Boilers to the Final Four. They're still not going to go to the Final Four. They just look flawed in some regards. They just don't They don't have that complete element. Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes have that element of, of getting to the Final Four. And I think right behind them, um, uh, who also might make it, uh, unless they're in the same bracket. I don't have the bracket in front of me. I don't think they are. Uh, Illinois and Iowa are not in the same bracket, same uh, same region, are they? Or are they, are they not? I don't think so. Well, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Illinois with Kofi Coburn because they got three great guards and a big fella like no like no other. Uh, I would say Illinois is the second best chance of getting to the Final Four. Those are the two teams that are going to carry the banner for the Big Ten, John. All right. We're going to take uh, a real close look at that. Before I let you go, we've got to talk about a couple of other uh, uh, big news items of interest. One that uh, 
not only is uh, is Michigan going for a national championship in uh, in the field of 68, uh, there's another guy that's going to be going for a a an eighth, maybe ninth, maybe tenth national championship in uh, in the Super Bowl, and that would be one Tom Brady, who was retired and is no longer. Your thoughts about uh, the greatest quarterback in the history of the universe deciding to come back? Uh, well, I think it's straight that uh, he comes back. Um, and, uh, you know, Michigan people love to watch Tom Brady. It's, you know, it's the void filler for the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like we don't have a team, but we have, you know, the greatest player that played uh, with, with the winged helmet. And all that's good. And it really didn't surprise me. And maybe Gronk had just one of those uh, fire and brimstone conversations. You're coming back, and that's when it everything took place. But I will say this, and I know you're a huge Tom Brady fan, probably more than anybody I know. But I'm going to tell you what. If I was – I thought I, – I just didn't think it was appropriate. And this is a college basketball I know part what of you're me. Gonna say. Yep. I, I thought that was ridiculous. You're taking – I mean, because all it did is it dominated Sports Center last night. Selection Sunday is one of the most exciting days in, in, in all of sport, in my mind, because it's a, it's a moment of hope. It's all the dreams and all that stuff. It's my, it's my favorite day. And this selfish dude, Tom Brady, has got to announce on Twitter that he's coming, he's coming back. I thought that that was totally self-absorbed, Tom Brady, uh, and downright rude. And I was extremely disappointed that he did that. All right. Duly noted. But for, <laughs> I will say, for some of us, it just made it a doubly good day. <laughs> okay. And, and I threw out there, hey, either he got bored or with gas prices, he just decided he better come back and, uh, and earn a little more cash. So, you know, what are you going to do? The, the other thing is, and I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll find this one um, – uh, Probably the same way I look at it. I am. You want to talk about un, uh, unbiased? You're not going to get unbiased on this one. The announcement has been made that for Michigan football going forward, you've got a, a radio broadcast team of uh, Doug Karsh and John Jansen on the Michigan Football Network, and uh, both guys that have been really, really good friends to the Wolverine over the years. And uh, I can't. I got to tell you, I could not be more thrilled. With that combination, I think it could be the uh, the the voice of Michigan Saturday afternoons for the next couple of decades. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to uh, 1995, and I was I, I commuted uh, 25 years from uh, Jackson to or East Lansing to Jackson and back, and I would listen to WTKA, and uh, this is 90, 90 you know I think 95 90. Six somewhere. This young guy was just came out of you know a year or so out of Michigan State, but he's an Ann Arbor kid, and he was the sports director of this call-in show on you know on a weekday afternoons. Doug Karsh, and I thought, you know what, this this young man is he, he's really good, and obviously he's all Michigan, you know, and and he's talking about he's talking about Michigan's chances of of getting this. Uh, um, this Kobe Bryant guy, this kid, you know, are we, can we, can we talk, can Michigan talk him out of not going to the NBA and, and you know, playing for the Wolverines, <laughs> the late Kobe Bryant, maybe rest in peace. 
you know, it's like um, I, I, I knew Doug was going to be good, and he does a terrific job on 97-1, and he's great, done a great job on the sideline. And I liked um, the article that was written about, I don't know if it was in the Wolverine or where, but um, where he is, he's just going to be steering the shit, ship and letting, you know, Jansen and, 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 and the team is the star of the show. And I think that's how you approach it. I think that's how Frank Beckman did it. And I thought Frank Beckman did a terrific job. Bob Eufer, I grew up with Bob Eufer, and uh, he was just this, this, this theatrical, uh, you know, hunk of enthusiasm that we we would and you know, that we WPAG we'd listen to. Um, I, I would hear it from Lansing if on the road games. I'd be at the home games. But I mean, I, I think I think Doug is a is a, going to do a great job. He will be prepared. He hasn't done the play by play that much, but he's got the skill set that uh, that'll merge over just fine. I think that's a terrific tandem and a, and a terrific choice for Michigan. No doubt, great chemistry with John Jansen from having worked together with him for years and years and uh, uh, absolute best to those guys. I think they're going to do a terrific job as Tom Crawford does every single time. Brain.com podcast. Tom Crawford will be looking forward to Indianapolis once again and uh, Michigan, Colorado state on Thursday. Great talking to you. We will talk again soon. Just dial my digits. I'll do another podcast. Anytime you want, JB, have a great day. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.